All right, all right, all right. And this is another episode of To the Fullest with Jason Froberg. Today I have my good friend Genocide, who is uh, out in Thailand in the middle of all this chaos and apocalypse. How are you doing, Genocide? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty early. It's like 8.30 in the morning here in Thailand. Uh, I think we're 14 hours in the future, so living in the future is pretty rad. Um, yeah. I can tell you that quarantine doesn't get better in the future. <laughs> Damn. About 14 hours from now, Fox News would be saying you can all come out of your homes. President Trump made everything. What does he say? Oh, I don't even know. I don't pay enough attention to know. <laughs> oh, man, I'm trying so hard not to. It's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, literally on the other side of the planet and just watching the country fucking burn, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, well, uh, we're all burning it down for us. Friggin'. Yeah, and, and I, I, uh, I, I honestly can't think of a worse president that we've ever possibly had to be in charge during the situation. So, uh, whew, gives me the little little bit of the sweats thinking about it. You know, no, he's gonna magically make it all better out of nowhere. Hmm. You know, tots and pears, tots and pears. That's it. That's it. So, how's Thailand during the quarantine? Uh, it's, it's pretty good. We've, uh, we've actually been playing like, uh, quarantine roulette where we were originally in Cambodia and, uh, had plans to go to Indonesia after that. And then up through Egypt, I have a bunch of shows that were scheduled in, uh, in Europe over the summer, but all the festivals are getting canceled and all that. And then quarantine started happening. So we we're in Cambodia and they started, uh, Word started kind of getting out that if you didn't have this kind of visa, you may not be able to stay in the country. And so we went, well, shit, what's a country nearby that we know we have friends, the medical and, uh, you know, stable infrastructure is available in case shit really goes down. So we came back to Thailand, but every single day news is changing about whether or not we're going to be allowed to stay. So we don't want to go back to the States. We get a, an email every day from the State Department saying, foreign Americans, get your asses back here. And it's like, fuck you, man. Uh... <laughs> uh, we're, we're going to stay as far away from there as possible. So it's now just playing the game of where can we go next based on visas expiring and borders closing and stuff like that. So... It's uh, it's it's interesting for sure. It's an interesting place to be uh, during during this whole thing. Right. You got plenty uh, of toilet paper out there. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, see, the Thais and most of Southeast Asia has figured out this beautiful thing called a bum gun, and it's just <laughs> a little fucking hose hooked up with a little sprayer next to the toilet. Everybody has it, and you know you use that, and and I don't know it. I'm just a much happier person when I've got a sparkling clean bubble and, uh, right. you know, you, you just need a little toilet paper to dry yourself off, not to like, you know, run through a roll of double plied Charmin. So, um, yeah, my, my, my butt's doing just fine out here. <laughs> yeah. We've been talking about getting the bidet out here as well. We, uh, we want to upgrade. Uh, do it, but I highly recommend that you, uh, I read an experience on Reddit where somebody uh, posted, okay, today I fucked up by setting up a bidet, got it from Amazon, was all about it, sprayed myself down, felt sparkling clean, went to the grocery store, my asshole started itching like crazy, I'm scratching, I'm scratching, finally I run to the toilet, I can't figure out what's wrong. And I realized that my asshole is blue because the guy had run the line from his tank water that had one of those blue toilet water cleaners. Uh, <laughs> damn. So, um, to anyone out there thinking about installing a, uh, a bum gun or a bidet, make sure you run it, it either you're running it from your toilet tank water. Don't, don't put the blue stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> Chemical. That's horrible. Yeah, it's a great butt. story. Glad it's glad it didn't happen to me. Yeah, no shit. That's like when we—I uh, don't know what the fuck happened, but we talked one of my uh, younger brother's friends into putting some uh, icy hot on his balls one time, and we just convinced him that it would—it was awesome. And he was like, "No, that's gonna suck." And we're like, "No, it's awesome." And then he just—it's great. It's great. And then it. he goes to the bathroom and try it. Out. 
We just hear him screaming from the other side of the door. It's not awesome! <laughs> <laughs> you stupid I, uh, fucker. I had a friend who shall remain unnamed with some rather extreme sexual proclivities, Ooh. which involved uh, masturbating with different versions of Icy Hot and uh, all that stuff, right? So extreme masochist. And uh, at one point, I, I've got a really bad back, so I have all these different, like, super gnarly unguents and, like, uh, ancient Chinese remedies that are super fire hot. And uh, he came over one day and was like, hey, man, you got that you got that extra hot stuff that you used on your back? Can I try that? And I was like, I knew what he was going to do with it. And I was like, yeah, but, bro, be careful. This is, like, chemical burns kind of shit, you know? Ugh. And... Uh, Later on, he called me, and he was crying, and he could not, uh, the burn was too much, and he basically was running around trying to figure out what to do, and he was like, I'm just going to jump in the shower, and I'm like, no, dude, that's going to wash it everywhere. Yeah. So he and dunked his junk into a glass of milk to try and neutralize it. <laughs> yeah, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? I mean, hey. Bear maze. Oh. Yeah, live and learn. Uh, yeah, people are awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> people are awesome. They're very interesting out there, you know. I actually, uh, my last guest, we were talking about Tiger King. Have you seen mm -hmm. the Tiger King yet? It's amazing. Boy, have I. People are incredible in this world. It's it's an incredible yeah. world we live in. So, uh, did Carol Baskin kill her husband? Of course she fucking killed her husband. That goddamn did bitch. She did she feed him to the tigers? Of course. She fucking covered him in sardine oil. Fed uh, that video that he made cracks me up. Like, I want I, I, want, to, I want that to be my ringtone, you know? That shit's hilarious. <laughs> you can't make it up. That shit's hilarious. You really, truth really is stranger than fiction, you know? Oh, he's a magical character. I am such a fan of Joe Exotic. That guy's amazing. Amazing. You know, his music videos, his YouTube stuff, like, oh, God. Oh, I haven't even dove into the rabbit hole of his music video, of his uh, YouTube stuff, but I got to say, like, personally, I think anybody who keeps um, animals, especially fucking large exotic animals, is a fucking asshole and deserves to die. So I'm I pretty glad he's in a rotten prison. Um, just because I don't think that zoos or anything like that, you know, at least I'll give Carol Baskin this. She's a fucking flaming cunt that definitely fed her husband to the tigers. But uh, at least she was trying to rescue cats as opposed to, you know, in the end, she was trying to rescue them. Obviously, yeah. in the beginning, she breeder and all that but anybody who breeds animals for profit fuck them so yeah well i mean they were saying that she uh she was breeding them for profit at the end too she's just a lying bitch who's just like uh saying it's an animal rescue and she's just making cats <laughs> right take everyone right. else's fucking zoos away from she wants uh yeah. all the business that show blew my goddamn mind me too. I had people messaging me. They were like, dude, have you watched it yet? And I'm like, no, nah, I'll get to it. And they're like, no, you don't understand. Like, you need this in your life right fucking now. And they were right. My friends were right, as always. It was a <laughs> gift for everybody for the coronavirus. You know, we all had to suffer through this fucking bullshit. And they're like, well, at least we can give them some Tiger King. <laughs> right, right. Tiger King. They were holding that one in the pocket. They're like, man, yeah. we can't release this when there's like, you know, tons of good new media out there. We got to wait until the moment. And then they dropped it hard for oh. sure proper release time i heard a new one came out today so there might be some there might be some new episode of like i don't know <laughs> joe exotic in prison or uh oh i want to see the carol baskins the oh the trial of carol, carol bass people are going to follow this for the rest of their lives you know that now like we feel oh, yeah. so connected to these people like, I want to know all about the Doc Antle sex cult, you know, where you have to get a boob job and work for free and, you know, suck on the tiger strengths, you know, like, I, that's a fucking story I want to hear about. Dude, and that whole documentary was so batshit crazy, they took two seconds to fucking talk about that and then just kept on trucking because they're like, we got too much crazy to cover here, people. The, the <laughs> fucking tiger sex cult is not that important because look at this shit over here. Right. You know, right, I was just right. like, God damn, this is amazing. Diving into yeah. the depths of fucking depravity. Truly. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to be attached to those people for the rest of my life, whether I like it or not. So oh, thanks, yeah. Netflix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
the fucking meth and tigers, man. You know, I mean, doesn't doesn't love meth and tigers. That shit's ridiculous. Hey, man, I I saw a meme the other day that showed a picture of the the Thundercats, and it was like, hey, obviously, uh, this shows Tiger King on on Netflix shows that this is your guys' first time watching a gay sex tiger cult, you know, <laughs> documentary because you know Thundercats, ho. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. that. That's fucking great. That's great. Fucking A, man. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Before all the shit went down, you're out there touring around. You guys do any cool shows? Any cool fire dances? Any, uh, I know you went to, uh, one of these crazy piercing festivals. Mm hmm. Yeah, we've, uh, so I've been living out of my suitcase now for six years. Six years ago, I sold everything and uh, rented out my house in Vegas and have literally, I got a really bad back. I don't know if I'm going to end up in a wheelchair tomorrow or in 10 years. So I'm trying to travel as hard and as weird and as far as I can get in the meantime. Um, and in the meantime, I've done some amazing shit. I've been diving with great hammerheads. I became an assistant scuba instructor. Um, I've just been seeing some incredible shit and one of the things I've always wanted to see is the vegetarian festival that's held in Phuket, Thailand, which is where I'm at right now. And it's a, uh, it's an incredible experience, man. I'll show you a picture of some of these guys. They literally go into trance and will have, I'm trying to see something like, okay, no bullshit. They've got a spike about this long that comes down to a pretty needle sharp point and they push it through the cheek, make a hole sometimes this big, you know, two to three inches. They pull that out and then they place decorative items inside the piercings. So uh, if you're say a boat captain, you'll put an anchor in your face. Uh, (laughs) If you go in a gas station, you you have, uh, you know, hand tooled gas pumps that go through the holes in your face. But a lot of these guys will just have swords. Like there were guys that had six swords through the the holes on their cheeks. And some people just do a ton of cheek spears to the point where there's literally no more mouth to fill with with spears. And uh, it was an incredible experience. We, we, my husband and I have been here for it twice. First year, we just kind of checked it out and we're trying to stay on the periphery because we didn't want to be the um, asshole foreigners that are, you know, getting themselves, uh, you know, pushing themselves into the situation. You know, like we just wanted to let these people do this incredible thing and try and watch it because as we both used to be body piercers, this is fascinating, you know. Um, And the second year that we came back, the main temple, the oldest temple here in town called Bang Niao, actually kind of brought us in. And so last year, my husband, uh, they're all monks that are getting pierced and doing the piercings. Uh, My husband, who's not a monk, but was brought in by these guys, actually became one of five to ten Westerners that was allowed to pierce a monk while he was in trance. Oh, wow. then they, uh, it's, it's a men's temple, so my husband and our friend that had brought us in actually walked in procession carrying a prayer flag with a guy that had a metal bar through his face this big while he's in trance and blessing everybody walking throughout town and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely incredible. Look up the Vegetarian Phuket Festival, and just the images are going to blow your fucking mind. They can't even come close. We're... Um, we're putting together a couple videos of kind of our travel logs and crazy shit that we've been doing. And uh, we're currently editing together some footage because we got some access that I, I don't think many Westerners have ever had where we've actually been allowed to uh, um, be involved to a certain extent in the process. As a woman, I can't pierce because it's a men's temple, but uh, we're definitely going to be sharing some really cool footage of shit that just even being there watching it you go this wait did that really he just well how the it's it's craziness these guys take these giant spikes and sometimes they wear gloves sometimes they don't um but they'll do this you know giant piercing lubricate it with some vegetable oil 
but if they run out of vegetable oil, they'll lubricate it with lemon oil. Oh, that doesn't sound like a good yeah. idea. That sounds like yeah. that stings a little. But we had just a little bit, but what's incredible is, you know, as a body piercer and as somebody who practices body suspension, right? Hanging yeah. people from hooks in different configurations, right? Um, I know people that can go into a pretty deep trance and, uh, you know, for them, it's a very ritual experience to do a suspension. And so they take massive piercings, even when they're meditating heavily, you still see a reaction in the body. You still see, you know, the pupils dilate when the piercing happens or something. And we, you know, humans are capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And, um, you know, suspension is a beautiful way to, to show that to yourself is that, you know, yeah, man, you can do this. You can overcome limits that you think you have, but you still see people react. But during the vegetarian festival, watching these monks, one of the most fascinating things is these guys, they don't flinch. Their eyes don't dilate. They go into trance. They, they become possessed by one of their gods. And from that moment forward, they're, they're not bleeding they're having these, I mean, massive, massive piercings. They don't bleed at the end of it. They take the stuff out. They sit on the side of the road, swig some water, put some steri strips across the wounds, and that's it. They go back to the temple, release the god, and, you know, they're beat to shit the next day. They're sore because the god's no longer there holding them. But, yeah, it's incredible, man, to see the, the breadth of the human experience and, and see some of these rituals. We don't have anything like this anymore in our culture, you know, where people do really extreme things in a large communal way that involve pain. So, yeah, uh, the Vegetarian Festival, man, cannot recommend looking it up enough. Be If you're squeamish, man, hold on to your seat because it is fucking ruthless. Oh, I love it. I got to go. I got to go. That sounds like so much fun. But yeah, yeah. you're right. Our culture just strays away from pain super fast. You know, like they, we do not want anything to do with anything that's going to hurt even in the slightest in the, in the United States. And it's, I don't know what right. it's doing, but it can't be good. You know, well, people used to be a know, lot freaking tougher. I, I think pain is not optional. Suffering is, I like, that, you know, man. like, we're all going to be encountering pain mentally, physically, emotionally throughout our entire lives. And it's just kind of how you frame it. You know, if it's something that you, you know, if you stub your toe in the middle of the night, that sucks. There's not a whole hell of a lot you can learn from that. But, you know, uh, women giving birth, like, obviously that's pain that has an, a sincere purpose and they're willing to go through that in order to, you know, have the child to, to become a mother, you know? Um, so I think that we really just as, not just, uh, as Americans, but as Westerners, you know, we've turned away from pain. We've turned away from rituals that put you into manhood or womanhood or anything like that. So I think a lot of people, um, have become more interested in, in creating their own rituals, you know, because what's, what's our, our fucking ritual to become a man. Oh, you went to senior prom you know, like, well, what, what, what is, the fuck it really? is that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's something that I'm fascinated by and something that while I'm traveling, I'm constantly looking at the different, um, the different rituals that people do and, and how they, how they cope with the pain or suffering of life. You know, um, I was able to go this last year to Malaysia for the Taipusan festival, uh, in, it's just outside of Kuala Lumpur. There's a uh, set of caves there that are dedicated to Lord Murugan. And there's this incredibly large statue there and an incredible shrine inside the caves. And it's 272 steps up. Um, and we were able, uh, there was a Hindu priest of Kalima that um, through some friends of mine, it's totally fucking uh, Indiana Jones, you know, yeah. um, but he allowed us to walk in procession with him. Uh, and we did some piercings, uh, and we basically, the, the type of Psalm is you bear some weight to, as a form of offering to your God. So some people just carry something heavy 
just as a reminder, you know, that, hey, we need to uh, bear weight and then give it away. And uh, some people will wear these super elaborate, uh, they're called, Kavadi is the name of the offering, but they'll wear these huge, massive things that are probably, now they've gotta be seven feet tall and weigh probably about 100 pounds, if not more, that are all lit up and beautiful with peacock feathers for Lord Marugan and everything else, and they're dancing for hours. Some people have a bunch of hooks in their back that they're being pulled on for hours. Um, so we went and the uh, the Kali priest actually pierced us like we did uh, cheek spears. I did my throat, forehead. We did some uh, some larger hooks in our back and we're pulling against each other. And basically, um, this community welcomed us with open arms, and we went in procession with them and dancing, going into trance, crazy drums happening all over the place. You know, there's, I think there was something like 30,000 people at the festival this year. And we walked uh, up the 272 steps and then took out our piercings. And that was our offerings. You know, we had made like um, little debarbed fish hooks and attached flowers and limes and things like that put them in our bodies, and then when we got to the top, we gave those offerings and took out the piercings. The pain was our offering to Lord Marugan. And uh, holy shit, what an incredible experience, you know? Get, like, yeah, and it's, uh, it, again, it's something that being kind of a, a student of, um, I don't know, not just body modification, but you know uh, the modern primitivism and the different rituals that we we put into place and stuff like that. Being a, a cultural archaeological nerd, uh, being able to actually be involved in these processions and be involved with uh, what the what the people are doing has been incredible. So again, that's something else we're going to make a uh, a vlog about because we've got footage that is just mind-blowing even thinking about it i'm getting goosebumps so i can't wait to see that yeah we're doing great stuff but in the meantime of course we're sitting in uh in phuket which is beautiful it's like 85 degrees you will see i'm at a uh nice house with a garden nice compound and uh we got food delivery we got a nice big fat puppy that hangs around the house that uh we get to hang out with so I'm doing good over puppies. here. I'm such mm -hmm. a sucker for puppies. So what's Me on the diet too. out in Thailand right now? What are you guys eating regularly? Uh, I've actually gone, uh, I've gone vegan. So uh, we've been, thankfully here in Thailand, it's really easy because they have a form of cultural veganism. And uh, the symbol is that. Okay. So basically... If you show that to anybody, oh, if you show that to anyone in a restaurant, that basically means no animal products, uh, nothing like that, because for them it's a, uh, a suffering issue, actually. You know, that as a, a form of Buddhism, they don't want to cause suffering to any animals. Uh, so they are able to just say, hey, I'm J, which is what the J A I is the religion. Okay. And it's really easy to get uh, vegan food here. So, we're still eating green curry and all the all the gnarliness. We're just eating green curry tofu or you know stuff with uh, mock meats. During the uh, vegetarian festival, actually, the um, almost the entire town goes vegan, and for ten days, no alcohol, no sex, no bad thoughts, no meat, <laughs> no animal products, and uh, no drugs or anything like that. And uh, you go in white. And so you'll see people all across, almost all the restaurants will go, or at least have a lot of vegan offerings. And then lining the streets near the temples where these piercings happen <clears throat> are these incredible stalls where they make fake fried chicken that like I bit into it and I wanted to cry a little bit because it was so fucking perfect. It was like better than KFC shit, you know? And they make <sighs> vegan everything during the vegetarian festival. So. Yeah, specifically during that time, it's a uh, it's a walk in the park. But even now, it's it's easy. We go to the grocery store, we buy mock meats, we make got fake duck, you know, whatever the fuck you want, it's uh, it's available. You want some vegan sea cucumber? We got you covered. So <laughs> that's actually very very easy here in Thailand. 
That's cool. That's cool. That's I cool. dig that. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Well, it looks awesome. like I got the other thing we got going on over here. We have the uh, we have a trailer lined up for you on a new show you're doing. What do you got going on with this? Yeah. So <clears throat> a few years ago, uh, I filmed two different DVDs. One was called How to Make Your Show Awesome. And uh, you'll appreciate this. It's basically uh, a series of videos for performers that want to become more professional and make themselves, uh, you know, better. So I don't necessarily tell the person how to be a dancer or how to be a sideshow performer or how to be a musician, but I talk about what you need to do, what the conversation you need to have with your sound guy ahead of time so that the sound guy has everything he needs to make your show awesome. How to talk to your lighting guy. Um, how to use your space and you know uh, when to start talking about contracts and insurance and basically just presuming you're already a performer and you just want to make your show more awesome. So I did that DVD <coughs> and I'm going to be releasing that soon. But the trailer that you've got is how to perform with fire. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, it's essentially it assumes you're already spinning poi or fire eating or have fire as some part of your performance practice, but you want to take it to the next level. And so we talk about safety and different types of fuels and different props that are available and just uh, all the things that I really wish somebody would have taught me back in the day, you know, try to uh, pass on the knowledge now that I'm slowly trying to semi-retire from performing. So. Yeah, check out the uh, the trailer. It's pretty good. We got going. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How to Perform with Fire. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, that was awesome. I love the fire dancing yeah, stuff. So, yeah, me too. You know, I've been a nerd for it for a long time. Um, unfortunately, I do have to give a caveat that that website is not actually up currently because we've been having some uh, some issues here in Thailand with uh, getting some, some stuff done. But if you check my stuff out on Facebook or Instagram or any of that, I will be publishing links as soon as I have the... Uh, the official website up, but I think I'm gonna probably just start. Uh, I don't. I, originally, I was gonna sell them as physical DVDs. Nobody has those anymore, and uh, I think I might just release the footage and not really sell it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly the format of distribution at this point because originally uh, I thought, oh, you know, I can put up a website, maybe. Uh, People pay for the digital downloads because I've got stuff in there, you know, like a safety checklist, a toolkit checklist, first aid checklist, all this stuff. And um, I think at this point, the information just needs to be out there, you know, like I'll, I'll maybe I'll put a Patreon account up or something. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been working on is figuring out a way to distribute that, get it to people who want it. Ideally, make uh, something back off of my investment from it, just because it, it did cost me some money to produce it. But at this point, I think it's more about disseminating awesome information and keeping people safe than it is about trying to get fucking to get rich, as you know. Yeah, <laughs> you can always play the game I'm playing. I'm going after those uh, YouTube dollars, you know. So you just got to get like a thousand subscribers and four thousand. Watched minutes, and then you're you're onto the advertising game with them, and you can start That's making a little all, bit of huh? money. Yeah, it's, it's not. It doesn't seem like a lot to me, but then again, it's like, well, how many much money do you or how many views do you got to get, you know, to really start making some money? I don't know. I'll find out. But sure. uh, but yeah, I'm just going after that uh, that advertising revenue, and you never know. It could make a a little bit of money, maybe a lot of bit of money. Yeah, I know a lot of maybe a lot make, of it. <laughs> some people make a lot of it. <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah, we've got some uh, friends in Bangkok that have an amazing show where they're uh, it's a 
white guy from Albany, New York, and a Thai local, uh, Thai national, and uh, the white guy's been living in Bangkok for how many years? 15 something years, I think. And they have an awesome YouTube channel where they go around and uh, travel throughout and look at different veg vegetarian stuff, different vegan options, and they're just hilarious, and they're YouTube stars. And they're making some money off of it, and they're living their awesome life in Bangkok and sharing, you know, basically uh, how to be gay and have a fucking awesome time doing it in Bangkok. <laughs> and it's, they go, they, it's not just in Bangkok, that's where they're based. They go all around the world, but, you know, they're, they're doing what they want to do. I think that's the key is that not necessarily I'm going to do something to make money. It's I want to do something that I fucking love and then people will see that and they connect to that. And if that's something that they also love, sure. You know, uh, yeah. I think there's, there's always an audience as long as you're authentic, you know, you're not just like, so I really love, uh, fire performing. You should give me your <laughs> money, you know, like nobody connects with that, but if you're into it legitimately, I think uh, people that are also into it legitimately will will find you and support your shit. Yeah, that's how I feel too. You know, we're just gonna try to have fun, and we're gonna make some fun, stupid videos, and we can keep putting a podcast out every single Monday. Just keep it regular, and just try to stay. You know, like I have that one mission a week. You know, got to get that podcast out, and then we right. try to uh, we're gonna try to do some really fun, dumb stuff that we've been writing, which is actually. It's 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 been funner than uh, than I expected. Some of the things that have come out of it. So I can't yeah. wait to see. It, man. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to shoot it. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> so yeah, man. I got to get out there and check out Thailand and. You, you got to check out food. everywhere, man. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I gotta say it like uh, my mental health skyrocketed up into the fucking atmospheric once I started traveling. You know, I was performing and I would go and tour for a couple months, come home for a couple months, tour for a couple months, come home. And then I just thought about it and went, you know what, I, I, I can see my friends. I have amazing friends in Vegas, you know. I grew up there and have a wonderful fucking family of amazing people doing amazing shit, yourself included, you know. And um, I got deep, deep roots there. But I also, there's a wide, wide world to explore. And so, you know, from French Polynesia to almost getting uh, burned at the stake in Honduras for being a witch for performing a fire show, <laughs> like, you name it, man. I've had some crazy ass adventures and uh, couldn't be happier doing it. You know, of course, travel has its stress, but I can't urge, especially once the quarantine is over, if you don't have your passport, apply for it now. Get your ass out there. See the world because uh, it changes everything for the better, I think. Yeah, I was in the middle of planning a trip to Peru. We were going to go out there and uh, and have a little ceremony of, of sorts on the river. I uh huh. I have I have uh, in, had a ceremony of sorts uh, here in Thailand. Ooh. And uh, it was fucking incredible, and I can't recommend it enough. It's... Uh, 10 years of therapy in 10 hours for nice. sure nice and uh, yeah i have definitely i my my lust for the psychedelics has not uh decreased with age i'll say that <laughs> no i don't see why they would i don't see why they would it makes life so fantastic yeah. well and they're tools you know like fucking we got one life one body one brain one mind Get in there and fucking tinker, you know? Figure out what the fuck's in there. What What are we doing? What's the fucking point? What's up, you know? And uh, if there's any other uh, input that you can get from either, you know, uh, pushing your own limits mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, fucking do it. Why not? What do you got to lose besides some fear? Fuck it. Yeah, I agree 110%. I always like to, uh, you know, take some of my friends who haven't experienced that and uh, show them the way. They they come out of it like you said. It's it's a lot of therapy really fast, and they yeah. just can't. They don't have enough good things to say about a psychedelic experience. You know, you always yeah. walk away with something like super valuable from that. You know, good trip, bad trip. 
it's like you're learning you're growing and uh you check in with yourself you know there's all these things that uh that occur in the middle of all that that just make you you know stronger and a better person and kinder person you know more caring person i i i grow all the time when i'm messing around with my brain like that (laughs) i think that's kind of of the point you know know yourself and uh and the good the bad and the ugly you know it's all a matter like i said of just reframing how you relate to it in yourself so yeah i uh give give me just all of it i want it all You and me, we, uh, we're going to have to have a little bit of fun whenever you get back into the States. I got some great stuff you yeah. love, I'm sure. We'll have a, I'm, uh, we're we're going to have a big party or something when you come back. Yeah. And you know what? We're all fucking self-isolators and social distancers at certain points in our lives. This is just like uh, enforcing it a little bit more hardcore than maybe most people are comfortable with. But I think in the future, people are going to hopefully really appreciate, you know, friendships a lot more and and connections and keeping keeping uh, the fucking conduit open, you know, like not closing yourself off and sitting behind your fucking phone all the time. And just, you know, obviously right now we're isolated, but I think uh, I know I'm going to be super fucking grateful when I can go out and hug my friends again. You know, it's going to be fucking great. Yeah, they're the most important people in the world, like uh, your friends and your family. They're irreplaceable members of your life that just, they just make everything great, you know? It's, it sucks whenever they're not around, and you, I miss the fuck out of my friends and my fucking yeah. family, you know? it's it's uh, But yeah, quarantine, you know, hopefully we get all we all get through this, and the apocalypse ends early. I don't know how that works. Well, I don't know. Maybe oh. if the U.S. closed its fucking borders and, you know, started... Uh, taking care of people and really protecting healthcare workers instead of fucking being in bidding wars, that might be a good positive first step, in my opinion. Yeah, but then how are a bunch of fucking greedy fuckers supposed to make, you know, billions of dollars off the uh, suffering of the entire planet, you know? They gotta gotta get their cut, you know? That's the important part. That's what really matters. How could we possibly forget that? (laughs) Everybody's gotta make that profit, you know? Second quarter, second quarter's gotta still have that positive number at the end of it somehow yeah the positive uh seven eight figure number for sure oh these motherfuckers and just sell every one of us out for a nickel yep yep but uh it's all right we'll make it through it hopefully there's gonna you know through through all this shit there's gonna be a lot of changes i don't think shit's ever gonna be the same again and uh i hope that the changes at least some of them are positive enough to push us in a in a more progressive direction for sure yeah yeah it'd be nice it seems like uh it seems like i can't just go back to the way it was before all this went down like you know like there's got to be some kind of social construct that we gain out of this where people just realize what's important you know and we start really making that happen and voting for the right people that are going to put that shit together for us you know we got we got shit to do it's not like it's gonna get any easier when the robots start doing all the work for us you know? Yeah, dude. I for I I for one uh, welcome our robot overlords. Um, you know, I could use a new titanium Cyberman body. I'd be stoked with that shit. But um, yeah, it's uh, the the post capitalism, post uh, modern era, post post modern era. It's a really fucking interesting time to be alive for sure. Um, I can recommend a book by... Are you familiar with Cory Doctorow? No, but I love reading. uh, So he used to run a website called Boing Boing, and I think he still does. I think it's still up, but he's basically kind of like a near futurist who's constantly studying all the different uh, technologies and how they're going to affect us socially and everything else. And he wrote a book called Walk Away, and uh, it is so fucking good. It's a uh, near future... Um, very positive uh, visualization of where we might actually go and how we might actually be able to come out of this mess and, you know, use people's abilities and no longer think about work, but think about making. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful book, man. I, I read it probably a year ago and I still think about it once a week. It's that good. So 
Um, I have one for you as well. Um, uh, was it Paul Diamandis from? Uh, he's Ray Kurzweil's buddy in the uh, Singularity University, but uh, yeah. he wrote a book called Abundance, and uh, also another book called Bold, which is really great. But that's yeah, it's also the same thing where he talks about all the great things that are already happening in our world. It's like nothing's made up. It's like these are just right. real things that are already happening and that as they grow, they're going to make life just so much better for us on this planet. If we can just get there just a little bit further, right. you know, without fucking setting the whole thing on fire, then it's just yeah. going to be amazing, man. You know, but what's, uh, what's his name again? Uh, it's uh, Diamandis, D-I-A-M-I-N-D-I-S. Got it. Yeah, and he's got this great book called Abundance. So uh, that oh, one... I've seen this. The future is better than you think. Yeah, it's and, a, it's, yeah, okay. It's a real positive look on things, and it, and uh, you know, um, it's all based in in reality. It's not stipulation mm. or speculation or anything. It's it's literally all this shit that already exists. Yeah. So yeah, I really liked him, and of course, everybody. I don't know if, if everybody fucking knows, but I'm sure they will by the time I'm done with this podcast. And I, I, I love Kurzweil. Kurzweil's amazing, yeah. and like you're saying, you're yeah, hoping for the robot body. That guy takes it a step further, and you know, starts talking about all the um, amazing shit. The singularity is near, where we'll be transferring possibly our entire consciousness into robot bodies. Absolutely. And as soon and, as 2045, he says. Yeah. Who and knows? the fact that you know. Uh, we're we're starting to understand uh, things from a quantum paradigm, as opposed to an Einsteinian paradigm, where you know uh, the more people understand that the observer changes what is being observed, like holy shit, man! It 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 means that really reality is what we create. We create our own reality, and therefore it's our responsibility to create something awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's not just some fucking hippie bullshit. It's uh, it's science with a capital S, motherfucker. You know, so I'm uh, I'm a big fan of Kurzweil's as well, and I I I agree with you. If we can just get that little bit closer, and just fucking hold on, man. Like, yeah. look like a fucking kitty motivational poster. You know, hang in there. <laughs> we'll fucking make it, man. And if not, um, it's cool. We've had a pretty good run, right? Yeah. You know, I mean. That's one of the things I like to bring up when we talk about like uh, like aliens and shit, you know, people that are committed to the yeah. alien thing. And it's like maybe uh, all these planets, that all these billions of stars are. Oh, look at there's a puppy. That's I Rocky. Puppy Rocky. It, the the dogs are saving everyone's lives right now, and the cats, of course. I know this is the internet. We got to get shout out for the cats too, but I, uh, you know, <laughs> our puppy's saving our life over here. We love our puppy. Yeah. So much. But yeah, I always bring that one up. Indeed. It's like, what if intelligent civilizations just always build themselves up to this peak point and then collapse in on it, you know? And it's like, yeah. and they never leave, you know, nothing ever becomes interplanetary because it's just the cycle that happens with, you know, when you leave right. carbon alone for 5 billion years. Yeah. So. Well, and, you know, who knows? There's, there's nothing to say that our consciousnesses, consciousnesses, yeah. um, won't, be something that go out in the ether and maybe never interact you know they just our consciousness is uploaded and uh, goes out in the ether and it doesn't become a future civilization you know it doesn't become uh, something more we become something more yeah but not necessarily uh, civilization maybe civilization is what we need to outgrow and just become fucking energy yeah, well, that is the um, that's the alternate, right? That's the Type Three civilization. That, uh, right. Yeah, where we just become energy beings. I like that part. That sounds like fun. Yeah, dude, that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> Again, I you know want at this point I'd settle for a giant robot spider body with my brain in a jar in the middle, so that I can go diving, I can climb mountains. Because I gotta tell you, man, I've had nine fucking back surgeries, and uh, I'm beat to shit. So like. Holding on another 25 years to reach that point, I'm like, dude, I'm going to be a grumpy bitch by then. Like, <laughs> I hope I <laughs> keep this fucking bag of meat going that long, you know? Right. And it's, uh, and, and yeah, and, and it'll be that slow process too of replacing you with mechanical parts, you know, 3D oh, printed dude, parts, I parts that are grown with uh, your stem cells on them that match you and don't reject. 
You know, there's all totally. that kind of shit that's coming real fucking fast. You know, I so. had a morphine pump with a catheter that went into my spinal cord for 14 years. And after that, I had a spinal cord stimulator implanted in my spinal cord with two leads that went up my spinal cord and a fucking iPod that had an app on it that I could stimulate different areas of my uh, nervous system to try to cancel out the pain signals coming from my legs and back because it's so fucked. Unfortunately, the stimulator didn't work out for me. I wasn't a good candidate. I had to have it removed. But yeah, dude, I'm all about, I've been cyborgian a couple times over. I've got, used to have two pounds of titanium in my back, you know, like bring it on. And the doctors and the, you know, the engineers that come up with that kind of shit, man, those guys are amazing. You know, we're some incredibly intelligent humans on the planet that just do incredibly uh, wondrous things for, you know, the future of human life. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens when these guys finish this, uh, what the artificial general intelligence that's going to really be interesting. I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. And I believe a lot of people have been dumping quite a bit of money into a general AI. So I imagine we'll be having one at least within the next decade. And that's supposed to change a lot of things. Yeah. So who knows what the fuck's going to happen. We have, you know, that if, if, if that just pops up out of nowhere and it will just start designing all kinds of crazy shit. And then there's this yep. a jump in the exponential growth. Who the fucking knows, man? Who knows where we're going to be yep. at soon? Well, yeah. and that's why I feel like it's kind of uh, my, my ethical responsibility that I'm in a position where I can travel uh, as much as I can right now and connect with as many different kinds of people and learn as much about the human culture in general you know, because whatever comes next, it's it's going to be something that I, I, I don't know that we can necessarily frame it very well in, in our current paradigm. So I want to soak up as much uh, as much juju and awesomeness as I possibly can for whatever comes next and try to share it with people that maybe are at home on quarantine or maybe, you know, are bed bound because of, uh, you know, injuries or disabilities or something like that. So. That's one of the reasons I've really started making it kind of a personal crusade to share my shit and not just go out and do all the awesome things, but share all the awesome things I do. Because I've been fortunate enough to do some pretty cool shit in my life. Yeah, I want to share it. <laughs> that shit's awesome. All the, uh, I've, I've personally been following a lot of your adventures on social media for the past six years. And it is, uh, it's pretty inspiring as well. Yeah. Like me and my friends want to go out and do um, like a whitewater river rafting trip go do some fucking mountain climbing and shit we actually climbed a mountain Uh, we spent two days like climbing up backpacking and we had tents in our bags and we just fucking climbed up slept in a cave you know awesome put a little fucking piece of paper on our tongue and had a good time for the rest of the night and uh yeah it was it was a really good time man it's probably one of the most memorable things we've done in a really long time and just going out in nature and, and and getting up the side of a fucking hill you know Fuck a pitch yeah, in the tent. It's not that complicated, but it's yeah. You connect to nature, and and once you're up there sleeping in it and shit, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, and that's scuba diving's done that for me because physically I'm pretty limited on you know I can't do a lot of hiking. I can't do a lot of the like heavy. I mean, I still do a bunch of stupid shit. Don't get me wrong, and I push myself really hard. But in reality, uh, you know, for me, I'm trying to push my limits as a diver. And to go and see some of these incredible creatures as, while we can, you know, like the the oceans are fucking yeah. dying, man. And uh, <clears throat> it's been uh, breathtaking in both a positive and a negative way to go to certain dive sites, you know, ten or seven years apart, and to see like, wow, seven years ago there was so much fish life, the coral was so abundant, there were sharks everywhere come back seven years later and it's bleached out and completely dead you know yeah. um so i also you know uh as a scuba diver want to see as much as i can while we can um i got to swim three feet away from a great hammerhead shark for like three minutes and it 
it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. You know, I've never been uh, an outdoorsy type of person. Growing up in Vegas, it's not like you go uh, out in the desert and encounter fucking bears or moose or anything like that, you know? So for me to be that close to an apex predator uh, was just mind boggling. And he was just checking me out. He swam next to me for like three minutes long enough that I had time to pull out my GoPro remember all my training to not like hyperventilate and freak out and be so excited because I wasn't scared. Yeah. I wasn't scared. There was a moment where I went, well, you know what, if this is how I die, you know, uh, in getting eaten by a fucking or getting a, a bite and bleeding out in French Polynesia swimming with the great hammerhead shark, man, that's, that's a good end for me. You know, but he's got to have I was able to, yeah. I pulled out my GoPro, man. I sat there and counted his teeth, and he was just checking me out and swam next to me for like three minutes, and then just off into the deep, you know. That's so, so cool. That's uh, that's that's been my version of of connecting with nature as much as possible, you know. Nice. Yeah, when I was in Cabo, I uh, I went snorkeling. It wasn't scuba diving. I wish I was scuba diving, but uh, now we uh, I paid a boat captain or whatever i don't know the guy just had a fucking speedboat but and, you know he took me yeah. out to the coral reef as it were and yeah. i jumped in and did some snorkeling out there it was yeah it was kind of sad you know it's a lot of dead coral a lot of algae covering the coral and they're like you see all that shit moving around it's like ah, it's algae bro yeah it's not that's not live coral but uh but we did get to go uh what spend six hours driving in a van one way to go see a, a great white uh no the uh, whale shark uh, oh, did you see a whale shark? Yeah, awesome. we jumped in with a whale shark uh, and chased it for a little while. It just fucking booked it when we jumped into the water. So, But I got yeah. a little bit of uh, GoPro footage. I had my GoPro on me, and I could see it's, you know, we could see the, the whale shark. It was pretty cool, man. There's a pot yeah, of dolphins, too, but they split as well. The second you jump in the water, you go out snorkeling trying to swim with these things, and they just split. Well, and that's where scuba diving gets really interesting, you know, because they're the creatures when you're down in the water with them are much more curious. Yeah. And uh, will I mean I've had dolphins swim up to me, and uh, this uh, this is such a crazy experience, man. Uh, I was diving in French Polynesia, and there's an area where it's like a 600 kilometer lagoon out into the ocean with a really narrow pass. So every day when the tides come in and out, that water is booking. So there's tons of, of fish life, and you know that's where all the action happening uh, for for the sharks, for the eagle rays, for all the big pelagic stuff from deep in the ocean, and then all the little stuff. And uh, you know, like getting to the guy goes, oh man. So in, on one dive, I saw four different kinds of sharks. I saw. Uh, sailfish i saw turtles i saw rays i saw I, basically all the big ones you know and the guy had told me he goes man normally every day at this time the dolphins come and kind of play with us and we don't feed them we don't train them they just they're curious right i dove this place for two weeks and never saw a dolphin i could hear them i could hear the clicking and i would look around super excited but lo and behold one of my last dives the guy had told me, he goes, look, these dolphins love to play. So if they start spinning and like doing turns, you have to do the same thing because otherwise you're just a boring lump of something. But if you start playing, they'll keep going. So he goes, and I gotta tell you, if a dolphin comes up to you vertically, you know, parallel to you, stick your fingers underneath its flippers and you'll feel its heartbeat and you give them a little tickle and they love it. And I'm like, Okay, hold the phone. Number one, as a diver, the number one law is you never touch anything. You know, you never touch anything underwater. You are a guest in their environment. Stay the fuck out of it. You know, it's a dolphin. It's like a alien species. You know, they're and they're so smart. Real. For real. So I I thought this guy was kind of exaggerating about this this story, but um, sure as shit, one of my last dives there, uh, the dolphins come up. And I, you know, they start doing circles, so I'm like flipping around like a total jackass trying to play with them, you know, and just <laughs> flarping out. And uh, the dolphin came up and got vertical to me, and just as I was about to put my hands up, you know, I, I, I couldn't do it. Oh. But, but 
because it was, to me it was like okay you know what i don't i don't want this dude he's hanging out with me he's enjoying his time i don't need to touch him yeah you know like yeah. i don't need to i don't know my head, head alter uh i don't know i it i don't want to touch the things i want the things to be awesome in their environment I don't want to alter their environment by my engagement with them. Being down there and, and diving with them is like already such a fucking thing to be grateful for. But it's like so special that, you know, of course I want to put a dolphin in my fucking pocket and, and bring him home and be like, dude, this is the craziest thing in the whole wide world. But, you know, I got to play with dolphins underwater in a completely um, unrestrained environment. It's not some fucking dolphin park where you jump in, you know, with some yeah. Yeah. bastard that's been, you know, I, I say caged, but I don't know what the term is for water cages, you know, that's been encased. Uh, so, yeah, man. Um, I, I That was one of the first things my friend posted when the quarantine. Somebody was like, has somebody gone and checked if the dolphins have left yet? You know, because so long and thanks for all the fish. The Douglas Adams <laughs> thing that was just a little too, too close to home, you know? <laughs> Uh, I know I've lived here for so long and I won't go give them money for those captive dolphins. I love nope. dol I, nope. I can't contribute money to that shit, man. It's just yep. it's like dolphins or like we were saying earlier, like big cats, fucking monkey. You can't fuck those things are smart as shit, man. We're not that much smarter than those things, you know, like those No, we don't we don't we don't deserve to to have that type of arrogance, you know? Like it's yeah. it's just fucking speciesism on a on a very blatant brutal fucking level and i think if we could uh alter the way that we view our natural surroundings plants animals fuck it minerals yeah. you know uh Buddhism i think describes that, minerals as a living entity as well you know it's it's yep. the universe the universe is one yep. and it's all everything part right, of man. you everything serves respect yeah it does though. It definitely does. It always makes me sad. Uh, I love going to zoos. I've, I've, but like, yeah, the big cat stuff really bothers me. I've, I've switched it up. We just go to aquariums now, and we, we. Well, to me, that's just you know. as bad. Yeah. They're just as. Bad. Well, because those animals, like sharks, roam thousands of miles naturally. You yeah. know, their migration patterns are the fucking entire ocean you know seeing where where great whites that have been tagged the distances that they go i don't care how much your current is uh set up in that aquarium it's not the same and uh i i've gotten to the point i've, I've become a little fucking hard-edged on this you know that yeah. i not only will i not uh you know, I'll vote with my dollars, so to speak, and I won't go and see any animals in captivity, but I actively try and seek out sanctuaries and uh, donate money and try and get involved wherever we travel. We try and foster animals or go into uh, local rescues and try and help out or just even donate money if we've got it, you know? Yeah. So um, here in Thailand, there's a big problem with uh, elephant riding. You know, oh, everybody yeah. wants to have a picture on the elephant and... Um, you know, there's a couple really good sanctuaries here that actually they, you can go and hang out with the elephants. You can give them a bath. You can help them rub mud on them, and you can scrub them in their big fucking regular pond. But they're basically, uh, you know, animals that were in circuses or were in these uh, elephant riding camps or uh, teak logging and shit like that. And they're either injured or too old or something like that, and they need a place to live out their lives. So... Um, I forget the name of the place. I'll, I'll send you a link of it. But, you know, I, I'd much rather take a fucking bath with an elephant than ride it anyway. You yeah, know? it's way cooler. Like, it's way cooler. Why not? Definitely. So, yeah, I think uh, uh, an adjustment in our perspective on, you know, hey, maybe we shouldn't be eating wildlife. It might help stop these fucking viruses from spreading, you know? I'm, I'm very... Uh, happy that there's permanent wildlife bans now on, you know, in China and other places on eating wildlife. And maybe eventually that will spread to domestic animals and we'd actually be making smarter decisions about what we're doing to the world by choosing what we eat, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Indeed, my friend. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. 
fucking solid hour podcast. Fucking it's been a. good talking to you. It's been good talking. Uh, I've tried to keep them. Sh- I've tried to keep them shorter. People have been bitching about going long. I went two hours with Jerry, and everyone's like, <laughs> two fucking hours, man. Jesus yeah, Christ!" Right. But well, uh, let's, let's, let's yeah, cut I, it up. Yeah, and I want to and I want to get back together with you soon and talk more about uh, your travels and all the cool shit you've been up to. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, one more time, you want to s- name uh, the websites and the little projects you're doing, and then I'll make sure to post uh, what's going on in the descriptions and everything. Right now, the easiest place to find me is on Facebook, Jen Oside, J-E-N-N, capital O, periods, C-I-D-E. And uh, on Instagram, that's Genocide13. And uh, I'm going to be putting up a couple different websites. I have genocide.com currently, but... Um, I think I'm going to be switching over to some more live streaming and YouTube stuff. So uh, I will be posting links there as I develop the uh, best methods of distribution as I work all this out on how to how to share the crazy fucking experiences I've been having in my life. That's awesome. I love that so much. I'm trying to copy Thanks. that. The same thing too. We're doing the to the fullest thing. So I'm trying to you know do like all kinds of adventurous shit and include it on the podcast and film it all and then bring the people in and talk to them about it if I can get away with it. We'll see what we can Absolutely. make happen. But yeah, well, well thank you so much for being yeah. on here, Jen. And uh, and don't go anywhere. I wanted to talk to you about that other thing you were talking about earlier, but you know, probably don't want to go too deep into that on air. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, genocide, you're amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll thank have you back you on that. again for sure. I'll be... See you soon. <laughs>